Welcome to the Dragula Recap Show for Season 1, Episode 5, titled Tranny Shack Club. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one frightening co-host from the Bloody Mary Podcast with Maria and Lori. Please say hello, uglies, to Lori Roggenkamp. Hello, Lori Roggenkamp. Israel. (laughs) (laughs) That's my... That's now how I envision how he talks, is he just says the words over and over again. So. Oh, really? I just sort of imagine Israel going like, Buh. Oh, it could be Israel. Like, I just Israel. imagine he just says his name. Like, Groot. Groot. Who's Groot? Israel. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Israel. Do you think Israel's gay? <laughs> I don't know. I think probably. I mean, I don't know. I imagine he would be if you said he also works on the show, right? Yeah. So I can't imagine that if you're a straight guy, if you would be willing to put in that much time and effort unless you're, you know, gay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I had a story to tell you. Okay. And I want to know how you would have handled this. So, okay. So maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was with my parents and they wanted lunch. Right? And I don't know what your parents are like, but my parents are very precious people. And what I mean is, like, anytime we go get food, the food, like, they can't just order the food off the menu. Right? It has to be, they change it in some way, they manipulate it in some way, they have to have a special meal made for them. Right? So we Oh, so it's always like, can I get this, but with everything taken off? Yes, yes. So the point is, a, a few weeks ago, they had me do a Subway sandwich run. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's just the Subway, their Subway sandwiches are so intricate, right? That the guy that the, the guy working at this Subway, the closest Subway to my parents' house, he says, look, I'm going to give you a tip. Okay? Uh-huh. What you need to do is you need to get the Subway app. Okay? And then you can, you can arrange all the food you want and you pay on the app and then you just walk in and pick it up you don't have to deal with like they can order they can they can pick they can choose pictures and arrange the sandwich however they want and they do it. so yesterday okay my parents are like we want to go to subway <laughs> <laughs> they're talking like the yeah they're, they're like listen joey we're getting real hungry we want you to go somewhere for us oh yeah where's that Subway. Oh, God, what, really? Yes. Israel. <laughs> and Israel wants something, too. Make sure and get him something, too. Okay, what do you want? All right. This is what I want. I want a tongue sandwich. Easy on the blood. I know it's extra for ground-up liver, but I want it, all right? And if you can spread some kidney juice on it, that'd be great. But don't put too much. In fact, I only want it on one side. And let me, the tongue, I want it at 111 degrees exactly. And toast the bread on the inside, but not the outside. You got that, dummy? Yes, why do your order to be so difficult? And get Israel his order. Israel, what do you want? Tell him. Israel, 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 Israel. Why do you have to be complicated? I don't understand that. Israel! <laughs> and no <laughs> tomatoes. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, so what what was the okay. thing that so, okay, you so, want to know so, if so, I would have so, done so, it differently? So, so then I so then I get the app right, and I take their order. Lori, it is a fucking godsend. Like they get to like they love it. They get to choose their pictures. They get they, the sandwiches. They're so complicated, but they've arranged it on the app. I throw my, in one for myself too, right? And we pay for it, and it says it'll be ready in 10 minutes or something like that, right? And I go, perfect. Oh, my God, it's perfect. I, I saunter over to my wallet and keys. I go to my car. I'm driving. I'm in a good mood. I drive up to the subway. There's a sign there that said, closed forever. What? Yeah. It's closed forever. It's like, a, it's like, And here's the thing. If someone wrote it in, like, that cloud writing, you know, like, when you draw, like, a cloud, and, like, um... Like a weird happy way that's mm-hmm. not so happy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I already paid for this. And it says it's going to be only picked up at that subway. Well, he's yeah. somebody walking around. So I just walked. The, the door was open. So I walked in. It was the owner. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, it's not here. So then he goes, you got to call. The, the point, I don't want to bore you with this. I had to call five different places. Finally, it was the owner who had to give me back the money. But what would you have done at that? By that point, I didn't want any food. But what did you? What would you have? What would you have done in that circumstance? If you would have ordered something on an app, and then when you show up, it wasn't. It was. It was the place was closed. Oh, I would have probably just contact see if there was like a email or something for the app because they probably wouldn't have known that. That's probably why they accepted it because they didn't know that the app was closed. Yeah, I did that, and the app. The, they were like. We can't help you. You need to call corporate headquarters. So I call corporate headquarters. Like we can't refund you. Oh, you mean about getting your money back? Yeah, I paid for it. Oh well, yeah, I would probably have gone ape shit. I would have like if they like I. What happened? I not a similar thing, but I had a kind of a similar thing happen at Luigi's, where I ordered food for Luigi's. What, I ordered food. Oh, sorry. Why does it feel like you always only go to Lu- Luigi's? Yeah, Luigi's and Chipotle. That's my. Those are my home stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I ordered food for from Luigi. I called them and ordered, mm-hmm. and that I had assumed that they were down off this location by my house, but I didn't realize that they had moved. Mm-hmm. So I went to the location and then I called the lady again. I'm like, "Hey, I'm here. You guys, nobody seems to be here." And the lady's like, "Well, we're not there anymore." And so then I just like was on like I literally the phone went silent and I just went, are you going to ever tell me where you are? Or and she was just like, look it up. And I was like, what? Fuck you, I'm not looking it up. I literally was like, fuck you, I'm not looking up. You tell me where it is. Like I paid for the money. I want to come get my food. She's like, well, hurry. Your food's getting cold. I was like, then remake it. Like what? What the hell? You know, like, oh my god, I was so angry. So yeah, I would have gone ape shit. My big thing is, I always tell people that I, I'm like, listen, I have no, I have no responsibilities, and I'm free. I can just call you whenever I want and just tell you how much of a piece of shit oh, I think you are. Oh my so god! So you can either deal with me now, or you can deal with you me for what? forever. Everyone should know she's not bullshitting. Do you remember the time when you were in school, and the guy had like borrowed a textbook from you? Yeah, that, that was ridiculous. Can you please tell that story? <laughs> well, he's, I mean, I think, frankly, he stole the textbook. This guy asked to borrow my textbook for uh, for class because he we had an assignment. It was a class that was like Monday through Thursday. Yeah. And so we had an assignment. Let's say it was on a Monday. We had an assignment due Tuesday. And then we had a test on Thursday. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, he was like, can I borrow your textbook for to do my assignment on Tuesday and then copy the stuff I need for the test on Thursday? I was like, yeah, but I need it back by Tuesday. Well, then he doesn't show up to class on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I asked for his phone number because I needed it for, you know, because I we were in a group project together. Mm-hmm. And I so I texted him. I go, hey man, I need my textbook. Where are you? And he was like, oh yeah, I won't be able to give it back to you till next week. I'm not back next week. And I was like, no, like I need that textbook this week, dude. And he goes, I don't know what I can what to tell you. So then I just te- texted him over and over again, yeah, but every five minutes, person. saying, where's my textbook? Where's my textbook? Where's my textbook? Where's my textbook? And then I finally found out. I went to my professor and I said, look, I need my textbook. This guy took it. He stole it. Mm-hmm. I want to report him. I want to say that he stole my textbook because he's refusing to give it back to me. And so my teacher was like, well, I know that he plays basketball. So I went to the basketball game and I saw him and I went and I, or his practice. And I went up to the coach and I said, that guy has my textbook and I want it back. He's refusing to give it back to me and I want it back. And then, so the coach was like, Hey, would you have her textbook? And he goes, look, I don't have it right now, but I have it at my house. And I go, bring it back to me now, or I'm calling the police. (gasps) So then he brought it back to me. And then he was like, Oh, this is ridiculous. You're just, you're just acting like this because I'm black. And I was like, I was like, I'm not acting like this because you're black. I'm acting like this because I need my freaking textbook. Like I want my textbook back. So he's been a real dick about it. But you got your textbook back. Yeah, I got my textbook back, but I was definitely like, about to go i i just well and then one thing was he like he was like i could i could have you because i kept telling him i was gonna i was gonna say that he stole it because his big thing was like he was saying like hey i'm i don't know when i'm gonna come back to class i'll bring your textbook whenever that happens and i was like no like what are you gonna keep my textbook for the whole semester dude no i'm not gonna let you do that so then and then he kept making up changing where it was it was like oh it's at school but i'm not at school then i found out that he was at practice so i went to his practice oh it's not at practice it's at home so then i was like okay we'll bring it back so it's like it was just really fishy that he just like kept changing locations of where the textbook was and then and then later on like the following because this was like right when class this is right when the semester started later on like a couple years later they were saying that people like steal textbooks to resell them to class to to students and stuff so i was like i don't know if that was his game plan but i'm like i still feel like it was suspicious that he just never gave me my textbook back so but yeah i texted him every five minutes well i did that to you once though for what unrelated not anything you stole, but remember I used to have this big th- issue with people who didn't like respond to me right away. So I one time texted you. I think you were supposed to come to an improv show of mine. And I one time texted you and I was like, hey, man, where are you? And I guess you had like laid down for a nap or something because we had been texting the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, are you coming to the show? And he didn't respond and he didn't respond. <laughs> and like 30 minutes went by and I literally went like, all right, well, friendship over. <laughs> Well, I think there was a part where you were like, are you mad at me? Did I do something to upset you? Yeah, I thought. And then and I go, friendship over. And then he texted me back like an hour later. Like, I was taking a nap. Like, yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. But yeah. So, I mean, I, I am a little. I, I get like that with things that slide it. But yeah, did you ever get your money back from Subway? Because I was just gone ape shit. Yeah, but it took like an hour and a half. 
This week, the girls stand outside waiting to go to San Francisco. The girls take a van to San Francisco and perform in front of a packed club. Later, the Boulet brothers and guest judges Heclina and Peaches Christ give the girls their critiques. For the extermination challenge, the ghouls dress in their best sea monster couture and participate in a photo shoot. In the end, Meatball is murdered at the hands of the Boulet brothers, leaving Vander Von Ott, Frankie Doom, and Melissa B. Fierce to participate in the season one finale. Laurie named two things you liked about the episode. And one thing you did not. Uh, okay, I liked two things I liked about the episode where I loved the six minute photo shoot that they had at the end. <laughs> we'll get to. I love that. I actually, I really love that. Okay. Um, I liked because I I don't think we've ever seen them fully out of drag. You know, like anytime we see them, yes. they've usually had some kind of makeup on. Yes. So this is the time they were fully out of drag. I liked. I liked how nerdy they were. Like they all just looked like they were just a bunch of nerds Mm -hmm. when they were standing around waiting for the bus. And Frankie doom looks like, in my opinion, looks like a gay version of your brother. Like he looks that that's what Frankie doom looks like. If your brother was gay, Uh he would look like Frankie doom. (laughs) Um, but I, I, that's what I like. So I thought they just look like, like just adorable dorks. And then you come to find out that they're like, they're like really fierce drag queens. And, uh, and then one thing I didn't like was, and I know this sounds weird, but I just felt like this should have been episode four. Like it just reminded me how much I dislike the fourth episode because it was like this had so much in it that i felt like it should have been it could have been two it could have been like two episodes really yeah and like because like like we'll get to it but like there was like a six minute photo shoot that i thought was great but i wish it would have been like a whole thing but then so then last episode was just nothing and i felt like and that was a two two people were eliminated Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay it should have been i felt like it should have been the fourth episode but anyways that's just my my opinion all right here are two things i liked one i actually really liked the chemistry between heclina and peaches christ i thought they had a funny chemistry oh yeah it kind of reminded me of me and you that's what i was gonna say it reminded me of me and you like how they were just like insulting each other but in a way that you knew they didn't really mean it they were just kidding yeah i felt like peaches would always say these horrible things about heclina yeah, like 20 years of frights. That was funny. 20 years of horror. I mean, every single time she she sees her, she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the other thing that I liked, um, you know, I actually thought the outfits, like like Vander's outfit and a lot of the outfits were really good. There were some I didn't necessarily like. And I think it was it, yeah. was it was actually great to see them sort of perform in a club, even though I've never seen a drag show where then they lip sync at the end of the theme song like you never see a you never see uh a, a, a rupaul's drag race girl come out at the end and then lip sync to the rupaul's dra- drag race intro to the show i kind of like that although i mean they messed it up at the end but you know that it was very like theme parky um, yeah but i actually kind of liked it i thought it was cute and then the one thing i didn't like i actually disagree with you i felt like nothing happened to this episode oh well I mean, you could really say that about every episode. That's true. Well, you, you know, I, and I talked about this on a, on a free show that we did. I was talking about, I did a, a clip show for the main show. And I announced on there, and I'll say it again here, that you and I are going to do season two. And I yeah. think, and you've never seen season two at all, right? No. Season two is 
miles better than this season. And hopefully oh, okay. season three is even better than season two. But uh, a lot of the things we don't like. So I feel like season two, more stuff goes on. They, they've sort of gotten a better handle on how to put on a reality yeah. competition show. Um, I can see that. And hopefully they fix even – there's still some of the problem. The lingering problem for season one, there are a lot of them still in season two. Like you don't ever see them. It's hard sound. to tell who is who, right? The sound, I, think they fixed okay. this, I think they fixed the sound. I think the sound problem is actually fixed. But um, it's still hard to tell who's who. There's another weird – There's like a, it's strange. There's another – her name is um, – what is her fuck her name? But there's like another Loris essentially. Uh, but I can't remember what her name is in season two. Is it Loris? Maybe it, it's just Loris and a different. She just has become a different person. No, someone in the chat room will remember her name. It's um, but uh, there's basically like another Loris. But there's a lot more drama. But there's a, there's a. It's just it's just constructed. The show's better anyway. So this episode just seemed like uh, I could have just. I was actually just telling a friend today who wanted to see. It, I said, listen, you could just skip to the floor show. Uh, skip to the photo shoot and the ending, and then skip to my Lou, my darling, and you can do all those and be had to be done with the show in like fifteen minutes. Well, I think that, but see, that's the thing is, like, I guess I'm now just sort of like resigned myself to that's just what the show is. Is that there's just so much filler, you know? Uh-huh. Like, the, like the there was that whole like they had that whole like beginning intro thing where the it was just so much to unpack that but then it was like they sort of just to the whole where they're like apparently living in a theater but (laughs) but then they're also like waiting for israel but then israel's also picking up the girls which they apparently knew about because they're yelling at him for being late Mm -hmm. and then um there's no frame of reference for time because they say that they need to get there in two hours and then and then it, later on, they're saying they need to get there in six hours. And I'm like, where are they? Like, are they closer? Because if they're in Los Angeles, there's no way in hell they're getting to there. Maybe in six hours if they don't take any breaks. But, like, I usually it takes me about eight hours to get no, to San Francisco. I'll tell you why. Because <clears throat> I bet the Boulet flew there. Oh, well, yeah. If they flew there, then that's fine. But I was talking about the girls. Because mm-hmm. the girls, they kept saying, like, uh, we need to get them there in like six hours or two or whatever. Yeah, they, they and I was like, there's no the way they don't, know, they don't know what they're talking about on that show. But then like, but then they also have, so then they have them all sitting around and going like, I wonder who got eliminated. And then they have that, all that stuff. And then they have the car ride where they talk about, you know, this, and then they have the meeting of the, all of them where you meet peaches Christ and um, the other lady, um, and then they have that, and then they finally have the floor show, and then they have the judging, which takes forever, and then they have the setup to the photo shoot, and then they have them entering the some dune, and then they have them re-explaining the photo shoot, and then they have the photo shoot, and then they have them saying, you know, great job, and then they all have them say goodbye to everybody, and then you see the execution. So it's like, but like a lot of it, like I feel like if you you if you cut out all of the filler it would be like a 10 minute episode because it would just literally be like floor show and you know a little bit of judging and you know whatever it's just like you know i feel like it's just that's the stuff that's kind of annoying but i mean i would rather see it it, because it started off as an internet show so there's no there's no like in other words when you make a show for network television it has to be 22 minutes or 43 minutes whatever for commercials right (laughs) 
But they're yeah. not on network television. They were on a. It was originally just an internet show that was paid for by another show called Hey Queen. Okay, and so the show could have been fifteen minutes. It could have been twenty minutes long. You know. Yeah. And it would have been a lot better. A lot more. It would have been a lot tighter show. By the way, going back to your time thing, they one hundred percent were lying about time. Because remember during the judging judges critiques, Swan Thula says like. Now, go back to your crypts, and in two days, you're going to... Bitch, bitch, they brought those costumes with them, right? And they're going to wait around for two days. Like, in other words, they, they try to make it seem that the, the girls had to make their costume for this photo shoot. Yeah. Well, they had to, like, come up with design and make yeah. in less than two days. In two days. Yeah. And it's like, no, they knew. But they've done that the whole... That's the thing, is they've done that the whole season, though. They'll be like oh, here's your challenge. And they're already all like halfway in makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're why like, do, yeah, why do they, why do they pretend like it's not, like, I don't know if the weirdest, weirdest thing they do on that show is just be like honest about it. Just like, yeah. okay, you're here for this. This is why everyone should know why you're here. It's so, it's the weirdest thing. Anyway, at the top of the episode, Drac Morda and Swan Thula rush to pack for their big trip to San Francisco. They pack the essential items, which include horror props, much to no one's delight. They got a call from Israel about the girls. It made no sense. Then, as the girls make their way out to the car, they fall down the stairs and break their necks in an homage to Death Becomes Her. Outside of the bar precinct, we see Meatball, Frankie, and Vander Van Ott standing outside of a gay club. Um weird they talk about who they think might be returning to compete for the final four no one is surprised when melissa b fierce walks up to join the girls was anybody surprised by this well i think they all know yeah they all you know, know. like because like you said they have to take like when they were all questioning the thing they have to take car rides home you yeah. know i think they all know who gets eliminated and who you know so i think it's just it, but that's the thing is then it's just it relies on their acting because then it's like oh who's coming i wonder who it's gonna be it's just like <laughs> okay you know who it is like it's just so annoying um i will say though that i want to really unpack the the because i feel like literally it was just like they had like a a whiteboard and they were like what crazy things can we do in the beginning and then they were just like you know what we don't have enough time to write it out let's just do all of them because i was like living in a theater they're packing a suitcase they're gonna run late so she's like only bring the essentials so she brings a chainsaw <laughs> a <laughs> bottle of champagne uh, and a knife and and like no costumes like that's the one thing that i would say like bring out all the costumes that you've worn throughout the show. Like put those in there or something like homage to the last or like all the costumes that the women have worn or so, you know, something, but it's like they bring these three random things that have no bearing to what they're going to do. I like the whole time I was thinking like, they're going to need to buy shit when they get there. Um, and then she gets a call from Israel. And again, you know, the tempo of the conversation isn't really great. Um, and then she's like, you know, take get them in the car. And then they go to the, then they're arguing. And it's like, you could totally tell that they were like, we have to go down these stairs and then wait and then talk and then go improvise fighting, go down the stairs, wait at the ledge, talk. And then Swanthula is going to slip on a paint can that's been precariously placed there for no reason. <laughs> 
and then is gonna you know but it was just so funny that it's like you could see the steps in their head that they were like i have to wait here like jack morta yeah. got down before her because she's like 10 feet tall she's like i gotta wait for swanthula and like, they got and then they stopped and then they argued and then they you know stepped and then she lightly tapped on the paint can and then she fell over and then she was able to somehow grab jack morton push you know bring her down with her and it and then her big thing was like oh and now we're gonna be late and it's like okay it was well, just a lot well i think that a lot of these intros these teaser uh, scenes were done obviously as an afterthought for the amazon series because I, I don't think this is in the youtube one is it it is oh yeah. it is in the youtube one. Oh, so it they're already in the theater yeah all the of the intro scenes the only thing that's different is the the cut twos I think the oh, only so thing that are different are they have tattoos. All those intro scenes are in the YouTube one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that because I will say they're much more elaborate in season two. Yeah. So in season two, they're much more written out. They're much more elaborate. They actually put more time and energy into those intro scenes. And also like what I love is that Swanthula had to like use every item that she put into the button, like she had to turn on the chainsaw yeah. and then use and then put it in the thing. And then she had to s- pretend to stab somebody and put it in the suitcase. And then she had to, but then with the, the champagne bottle, she just like looked at it. Yeah, she, looked at it admiringly, like, oh, I can't wait to get yeah. this. You know, so you it would was think just, too, uh, like they have like a chainsaw and a knife. Would they really use something so boring in a champagne? Don't you think it would have been like, like a, like a, a like a smoky chalice? You know, like yeah, a, or like a bottle of a vial of blood, or you know, something that's like, hey, like, you know, like let's let's have it be something scary. But yeah. no, it's just like a, a random a chainsaw, a knife, and a bottle of Veuve Clicquot. You know that she's gonna put, in, and then like, and 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 then Drek Mortis just like staring at her like off in space, like not even really caring that like. Don't you think she'd be like, bitch? What are you packing? We're not gonna use any yeah. of those things. Also, why do they only have one suitcase? Why is it that they have to do? Why can't they all bring their own suitcases? Like why? Why and why is why is Wanthula packing the suitcase? You yeah, know, like a, a lot of the. Uh, this they, would give my dad anxiety. Yeah, but if this was, you're making we a were packing point. two hours before we had to get to a okay. flight. Parking, packing two hours before you get a flight. But meanwhile, they can't walk anywhere without. They can't even hold their own umbrella. Wouldn't they have Israel pack their suitcase for them? That's true. Yeah, they uh, odds are they already have all this stuff packed. Yeah. And also I thought that they were like it looks like it's the theater that they perform at. So it's it like is. are they I don't know. It looks no, like no, that. No, 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 no. It's definitely the theater in LA. We'll see it in the finale next week. But okay. um but I see what you're saying. It's so funny. But you know, the the humor that they're using here is so like Phyllis Diller in like, you know, like um you know, like Munsters Go Home, where she plays like the maid or something. It's like such mun. You know, what? it's Munsters type yeah. humor. That's what you would have seen on the Munsters. Yeah. It's like Phyllis Diller when they said like, "Oh, we're we're four minutes short. Just vamp, Phyllis. Yeah, like vamp, vamp and be funny." And then she just like, you know, would just be like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey <laughs> you know, chainsaw and yeah, talk about her husband Fang." Anyway. In the van on the way to San Francisco to perform spooky drag, the girls talk about how they're sick of everyone thinking they do spooky drag. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, we see three very large men in Swanthula crowded around a tiny table talking about what they're looking for in America's first drag super monster. Okay, you wanted to say something, Lori. I 
I really feel like they missed an opportunity to force the the drag queens to put on their makeup in the van. Like, <laughs> they should have forced them to get ready in the van. And I would have been like, that would have been my, that would have made me laugh really See, hard. I think the show's really cheap. I think that they drove up in the morning. So let's say they got there at like noon, one, two, yeah. right? And then and then they did the photo shoot during the day, and then they did the show at night, and then came right back the next day. They're not going to pay for more than one night in San Francisco for these girls. Oh yeah, they, I don't think they could. They probably couldn't afford it. I have a feeling that they probably they probably did it the very next day, or you know, oh, some really? or they did it on the way there. Like they yeah. probably could have banned it out, you know, um, banged it all out in one day. So. Yeah. Or maybe, they, yeah. they, I mean, they say they did, but they lie so much on this show, but they say they did in San Francisco. They could have filmed it back in L.A. Yeah, Like in Malibu. True. Like. Well, I think it is the Brit, because don't you see, like, the, the Golden Gate Bridge? Oh, do you? Uh, yeah. Okay, maybe. That's why I'm saying that they probably did it during the day before the show. I think they did it in the day before the show. That's my theory, because the show's cheap and doesn't have any money, at, especially at this stage. Yeah. So they're going to make use yeah. of all the time that they have. They definitely didn't also, stay there for three or four days. Yeah. Also, I love Melissa B. Fierce. I forgot to mention this. I love Melissa B. Fierce's sunglasses in the, in the, when they're waiting out, uh, for, you know, outside for the van. And uh-huh. you can see in the reflection that there's, there's like a guy holding a camera and <laughs> some other dude. But, like holding a cell phone, and it's what, just like, oh, that's the that's the production that they have. What did you think of the conversation in the van, though? They're like, I know it's so stupid that everyone just thinks because you know I have wear fangs and have blood coming out of my mouth that I do spooky drag. Well, I thought it was funny that I thought it was a good editing. Probably one of the only editing things that I thought was really funny was when they the, the when meatball goes it's gonna be like what she said it's gonna be fucking lit like the drive and then they just show them falling asleep <laughs> i thought that was really funny but i did think it was yeah i did think it was well my question was i looked up sharon needles is that like a bad thing to be associated with sharon needles like no she looked, she won the fourth season of drag race right so yes. like i don't understand why because when she said oh you're, you're doing your sharon needles thing everybody was kind of like oh like they felt like they were like sympathizing and i was like i don't understand how that's bad well so. i bet you for someone like meatball or frankie doom who've been doing it a long time is that they're like we bitch we've been doing it before you knew who sharon needles was you know, so I think, you know, it's part of the way people feel like when oh, they talk okay. to you about Fortune Feimster. Are you just sick of hearing about Fortune Feimster? Like, Laura, you're a fat mm. white lesbian. Uh, no, because, I mean, I don't know. People who I feel like associate us with for, me with Fortune Feimster. I mean, Fortune Feimsters, I think, above and beyond more talented than I am. So I don't think that I think if anybody associated me with Fortune Feimster, I would actually be flattered because I feel like they would think I was in some way relatable to her because mm-hmm. she's just she's just I feel like she's just, you know, far and above. But I could kind of see it, you know, if people were like, oh, that, you know, that's a fortune, you know, you're doing your Fortune Feimster thing. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it, it, it. then you just kind of go, okay, well, I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> I've met you comedians know. who are very sensitive about who you compare them to. 
yeah, I guess I guess that's true. I I've never really had that issue. If people compared me to somebody, I was just like, oh, okay. Like I just, but then again, I'm a comedian, so it's not. I guess it's different. I guess it's more, you know, associated. But yeah, I I don't know. I thought it was kind of a useless thing. I honestly felt like it was just sort of them trying to be like add like real gravitas you know like it's it just but it just reminds me of like car rides that you have with comedians when you're driving on your way or f- back from a show and you're like you know guys like we're artists like we actually are like the true <laughs> artists because we like we're the ones who have to like take what the world does and like re redirect it into something humorous and like not many people art doesn't do that like so it's just like you know oh and then they get on it's stage just like, and they're like you ever pee to wash the poop off the toilet? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like that Louis C.K. thing where, uh, you know, I know it's awkward to mention him, but uh, they had that, that round table where it was like Chris Rock, uh, Ricky Gervais, Jerry uh, Seinfeld, wasn't it? Louis C.K. It was on HBO. It was like this, it was like this round table of comedians talking about uh, stuff, and then Louis C.K. jerked off afterwards. But, uh, no, <laughs> but... Um, Louis C. Uh, Ricky Gervais kept talking about how comedy has to inspire, it has to mean something, and it has to talk about something important. And Louis C. K. just kept saying, "No, man, like I don't know. Like my favorite thing, my fa- still my one of my favorite jokes was this open micer who sang a song called Sitting on a Cock Cause I'm Gay.' And he was just like to sitting on the dock of the bay and he was just like that to me is the funniest thing and ricky gervais was like yeah but it moved you and it made you laugh and it's like no it just was funny like so you know i think that people kind of just they have to feel like they're making a difference in society and it's like eh. what what is your take on this louis ck jerking off and you know in front of the comedians thing? oh boy no i don't want to get into that I'll get into it. I'll tell oh. you. What, here's here's the deal. Here's my take. I'm not going to get into it at all. This is what I'm going to say. And it has nothing to do with Louis. The thing that uh, kind of upset me the most was all the fake outrage from some comedians because who the fuck am I? And I knew about this before, you know, like this is, no, I don't know why all of a sudden it was like this new thing, you know, where it was like, oh my God. In fact, it, it's been written, it was written about in 2012, you know? And then, well, I didn't know about oh, it. I didn't? didn't honestly didn't know about oh, it. Oh, I knew like, about it. Well, because one of our mutual friends, I won't say who it is, was actually at the hotel, not in the room, but at the hotel the day this happened to, um, what is her name? She does, I know who it is. And so it's in the news. Those people, we, they, they, were, they move in the same circles as me and Lori, the people who, were, who, who, who accused him. And she was at, our friend was at the hotel at this event. I think it was like a comedy festival or something. And this friend told me right after it happened because she was saying that they came downstairs, uh, those two girls, and they were laughing. Now, I have nothing to say about that part. But they were laughing, saying like, oh, my God, guys, Louis C.K. just jerked off in front of us in the hotel room. And they told the whole story. And they were they were telling all the comedians. And everyone was like listening to their story as they were mm-hmm. telling it. Uh, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I hated the fake outrage from people like, um, like his friends. Like, I think Sarah Silverman said she didn't know, but then now she says that he jerked off in front of her or like Chris Rock or Jon Stewart. And I was like, bullshit. Yeah. Everyone knew these stories. This was, these stories weren't new. Everyone yeah. knew these stories. And that's why I'm saying, like, I could see, like, 
I could see if, it, if no one knew these stories. Like, oh my god, right? But again, like I said, these stories were written about in 2012. This this hit the news, right? And then it just, got, yeah. it just faded away. So when John Stewart was like, I never knew this, and you're like, bullshit, or Conan O'Brien, and you're like, fuck you, you all knew, everybody knew, I knew, right? Everybody knew. Uh, and so that's that's what that's the part that upset me most was the fake outrage. But go ahead, go go ahead with your not commenting. <laughs> I didn't know about it, but what I will say is that I think the thing that because I don't know the specifics about what happened, and but I will say that one of the things that I do remember distinctly was when the when it started gaining momentum and people started saying like, oh yeah this happened you know when when the way was hitting he was still adamant and he was like that's ridiculous that's a lie i don't comment on lies and i don't comment on fake fake things and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and you know he was saying that and apparently like his manager was calling these women and saying like oh we're gonna ban you from comedy clubs and if you keep talking about it and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then come to find out it's true so to me it's like why would he lie because in his quote-unquote apology he states that he didn't seem feel like he was doing anything wrong Mm -hmm. because he asked these women if if he could do it and it's like well if you ask the women if you could do it and then and then you know now they're saying that they don't they didn't want it and that you did it without the request and blah 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 then why are you now lying and saying uh you know why are you now lying and saying that that you know it's a total fabrication that these people are completely making it up so i i just i don't know that's my that was my whole thing was that i just think i think it's weird that if he felt like he did nothing wrong and if other people like Sarah Silverman are saying, oh, I don't think he did, you know, or not, she didn't say he didn't do anything wrong. She's, she condemned it. But if she say then, then the thing that I think is more, more offensive than anything is the lying. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what frustrates me. And then I feel like that, that goes into, then he knew it was wrong and he knew it was, it, it wasn't good. And he knew, you know, so. Well, I That's remember in, just... in the original story, and I think you were confirming this, but I want to clarify. In the original story that was told to our friend, uh, because that was a part of the story, was he did ask their permission, right? Yeah. But well, they... he had said that he asked he asked everybody. Yeah, but the but girls it was said almost that like they a, he was as kidding. he was pulling it out of his pants. Yes, and the girls thought he was kidding. Like the way yeah. he asked, they like he can't be serious, and then he pulled it out. And here's the thing, too, is. Is I've actually been in a similar. I don't want to bring up this person's name, but you know who I'm talking about. I've been in similar positions where, like, after I lost interest in this person, he would still come after me. And I remember what's so funny is this came up in therapy um, recently, where I told the therapist he earned his money for the day because my therapist asked about that person. You know who we're talking about? Comedian, kitty cat, kitty cat. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, okay, I haven't seen my therapist in a couple of years." He goes, "Have you, have you had any run-ins with kitty cat?" And I said, uh, "Actually." I told this story about how our mutual friend, actually, at our mutual friend, uh, her birthday party was at Barney's Beanery in West Hollywood. And I was there to celebrate her birthday, and Kitty Cat was there, right? And Kitty Cat, as Kitty Cats do, was just all up in my business, and like I had no interest in him. He, looked, he was drunk, he was gross, and he started like licking my face. So I told my therapist, I go, like, yeah, I, I go, ugh, I was so grossed out by him. I go, so he wouldn't stop. So I hooked up with him 
so that he would stop. And my therapist goes, hold on for a second. Yeah. He goes, what did you do? I go, I hooked up with him so he would stop. He goes, you realize that that's not what a normal person does, right? Yeah. And I go, what? I really was shocked. And he goes, yeah, victims of abuse. And he knows knows my history. He knows I'm a victim of abuse. He goes, that's what victims of abuse do. Like, that's literally like textbook victims of abuse say, like, I just let the person do it so they would leave me alone. You know? Yeah. And that I'm sorry that that happened. That's but that's exactly what like, you know, the movement's been about is that that's, you know, men and women in those situations feel like they the only way that they can get out of being harassed is by giving into what this person wants. And I think that that was kind of what happened with him. I don't you know, I'm not trying to say that I. Well, no, I mean, I guess powerful. I'm not saying I agree with him. I don't want it to make it seem like, yeah, I think he should have done it. But yeah. what I'm saying is, is like, I don't necessarily know if I agree with the level of hate and animosity that's come out as far as like him getting back into stand up. But, yeah. um, but I will say that I, I think it's kind of that the thing that I always go back to is, is the fact that he lied, that he said that it was unfounded, that he said that the, you know, that, that everything, these things, these allegations were completely false. And, you know, he just like was a real dick about it for a while, you know, no pun intended, but he, um, but I, I, I think that that's the kind of thing is that these got these people know that if they play, if they push hard enough mm-hmm. and if they, if they, if they get you, you know, when you're not necessarily, in, you know, if they pick the right person, they push hard enough they'll get what they want. And so it's, it's not about the person. It's not about, it's about what sexually gratifies them and what makes them feel good. And I, I think that that, that's something that, you know, needs to be looked at. I think that, you know, kitty cat needs to get help. I think that, you know, he needs to have himself checked out and I, but you know, he, he's had longstanding issues as far as I've known. So it's like, you know, it's just, it's an ongoing vicious cycle. You know, people are going to keep doing it. So I think, I think one of the things I think that needs to be really talked about is, is the me too movement really, is it, is, are anything, is anything really happening, you know, in the long run? I mean, we got Bill Cosby got arrested and, but I, I still feel like from stories I've heard from friends, guys and girls are still acting you know, in certain disgusting ways, like you just said, and you know they're not really feeling like they're they're going to be have any kind of consequences. Later on the floor show, Meatball Vander Van Odd, Frankie Doom, and Most Will Be Fierce worked their magic in front of a large crowd at the San Francisco Theater that had like four different names. All right, during the judges' critiques, the judges were generally positive with some minor critiques for the contestants, except for Loris, who received nothing but praise. Laura, your thoughts on the floor show, on the critiques, on all that drama? Like, what about Meatball? Do you see when Meatball pulled that guy up on stage and I, from the top up? He Wait, like, you said Loris received nothing but praise? Yeah, Loris only got praise. I'm not Loris. I keep calling him Loris. Thank you. Vander Van Odd. Yeah, I was like, wait, when did Loris come back? <laughs> Loris came back and got nothing but praise. Like, oh, look, Loris is here. Um, what were your thoughts on all that, Lori? Oh, my God. Okay, so let's let's get it. Let's unpack this. Yeah. This is the this is the real stuff that I was talking about. This stuff matters to me. Okay. Uh, okay. So, 
uh, Meatball, who I actually like Meatball. I thought Meatball, I mean, like, her dress was, I thought was cute. I like, I have a question. One of my, okay, my first question is, are all those songs sung by the Boule Brothers? The intro the, definitely those, was from Swanthula. All the intros were from Swanthula, for sure. Okay, because, yeah, the intros were like, I feel like those are the Boule Brothers. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know, that can't be a coincidence. Um, but, yeah, uh, Meatball going on stage, and then it just seems like none of them, really, in my opinion, had a plan for what they were doing. Like, it just seemed like they were all just going to go out there and improvise a dance move, you know, like, or improvise doing something. And then the they brought that sweaty guy on stage that, like, refused to take off his shirt he kept moving and weirdly around and like i guess you know we found out in the judging that she had told him just to stand still which he refused to do Mm -hmm. which it's like never ever ask a stranger to be go on stage because they're gonna want to get in the limelight you know like they're gonna want to do they're gonna want to kind of be you know vamp for the crowd and it was like also if you're gonna have like a a sexy guy on stage have him take off his shirt he had Mm -hmm. like these like sparkly this like short shorts and then like a weird like crew neck shirt yeah that he refused to take off it was like from the from the waist up he was adam sandler and from the waist down he was like a go-go boy yeah it was weird and then she even tried to kind of like she like lifted up his shirt a little bit i guess hoping he would do the rest and he just sort of stood there it was just like yeah like just weird yeah and so then uh, and then who was after her? Vander Van Odd. Vander Van Odd was after her. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't like her her thing. I thought she kind of. I mean, I thought her lip syncing was good, mm-hmm. but the dancing and then the weird flamingo thing that she did. I thought that was really awkward. Well, don't you think too? Like, the, and it's funny because the, the the critiques love this, but they're like, oh, it was so brilliant when you were talking about Italian stuff and you took out a slice of pizza. I'm like, that was really on the nose. It was on the nose and it was also like, not even the best. Like, you could have done so many other things. It's not like it didn't do anything. Like it didn't add anything. If anything, I felt like it was like, Oh great. Well now she's going to have a mouthful of pizza, you know? So it's just like, spit it out. Yeah. Well she, but I mean, I just thought it was kind of unnecessary that she did it. And then she had the thing on her arms, which I felt like were missed because she did so fast Mm -hmm. that I was just like, Oh, I don't know what that says. Um, and then, yeah. And then, uh, Frankie Doom was next. Oh, Frankie Doom. I kind of liked hers, but like, I just felt like she, I I couldn't tell with Frankie Doom if her whole thing was just an accident, recovering from an accident, or if it was planned. You know what I mean? Like, Uh she, her, her, her shoulder thing fell off, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know if that was intended or if it was planned. No, it's accidental. She ripped her hair and I didn't off her chest. And I didn't know if that was intended or if that was an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, she like, and then, yeah, I do agree that I felt like, I thought it was weird that she kind of tried to, she spent most of her time on the floor. Yeah. Um, which I thought was interesting. And, she, but she didn't really do any like dance moves. No. Um, Melissa B. Fierce, I thought was the better ones of the, cause she actually like had a dance. She had a plan as far as like doing dance moves and stuff. Uh-huh. But then I just thought that her outfit was just kind of 
okay. Like, really, the only thing that I thought was good about her outfit was the stuff that she brought out that she immediately threw on the ground that was like, I didn't realize till later was the different, uh, her, her competitors, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And same thing with Vander Van. I didn't realize till later that, that all the stuff on her, like peacock tray, uh, feathers was all the former challenges she had been in. Oh, see that. I didn't even notice that. I didn't know that that it was so weirdly constructed yeah. and it kind of just formed her. I just, I don't know. I felt like I thought the floor show was just sort of okay. Like I didn't think it was, and I, it was kind of, and also I have a question for you. Do you think the audience enjoyed it? I don't know. It seemed like, to be honest with you, it, M- M- Melissa specifically, actually all of them just seem like standard issue, middle of the lineup dr- um, drag performances. Like yeah. Melissa's death dropping all over the place, uh, which I actually understand that critique. It-, it is fun to see when you're in the audience, but you're just like, oh, really? This whole thing, you know? It's um, and so. Uh, with Vanders, Vanders was very original, but again, w- how would anyone in the audience understand what she was doing? They didn't see the show. Yeah. You know, because they're yeah. taping... Also, they're taping in front of an audience who hasn't seen this show yet. Also, but also they didn't, you know, they didn't really have any cheering or anything, but then when you watch... I meant the audience is not, like, in general, like, us as the audience, but I meant the audience in the, in the theater. Yeah, I know what you meant. Because, like... When you watch them, when they did like the the reverse shots from like down the theater where they showed the audience, like I saw one person like check their phone. Like, oh, really? <laughs> I wasn't really looking at them. They didn't look. They didn't really look like they were like having like they kind of just looked like you said like they were just like oh this is okay this is good but it was very I mean, whatever the spectacular about the drag show but you know what's funny is it, that makes sense because you actually didn't hear any audience reaction because they just took the sound out and they just dubbed over the music that they were lip syncing to yeah no I, I i honestly that's why i feel like they had to dub it over because they just you know they just didn't um there wasn't enough cheering i and then felt at like the and they did that weird lip sync to the theme song and it was like that was it seemed very theme park yeah yeah, it did. I just I just felt like for all of what they talked about in that car ride, you would think that there would be more, you know, stuff. Like mm-hmm. they, it seemed like when they were in like, oh, I felt like Meatball was like, I feel like San Francisco stage is where I'm supposed to be, and blah blah blah, and it's about me. And then she brings up some random dude for no reason, even though she's like, well, this sto- my story says that I, you know, the the story of my song says that I had it's about modeling. Like, okay. Yeah, but then, yeah, and also you're making a good point because she's going to go in San Francisco and show what she's doing, but then she literally does a run-of-the-mill mediocre drag performance. Yeah. Well, all of them. All of them, all they did was you know, suck their own D's for the whole car ride, talking about how they're you know, avant-garde and they're, you know, counterculture and blah, 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 and then they go out there and they kind of just do, like, very run-of-the-mill. Well, at least Vander brought on an interesting look. But then he ate... I mean... His big conversation was he ate a slice of pizza when they were talking about Italy. I don't even really feel like the look was that different. You know? Like, mm-hmm. it, I feel like... I've only seen, like, a couple of seasons of Drag Race. I feel like I've seen, like, a crazier outfit on Drag Race, you know, that's just, like, a walk-in. 
mm-hmm. than I have when I w- with with her outfit. And this is supposed to be like her big day, mm-hmm. you know. So, hmm. any thoughts on the judges' critiques on Hecklina and Peaches Christ or anything? Oh, so long. It was like literally. I felt like they each had behind the their heads behind the camera had a timer that they had to reach that time limit. Like they had to just keep you. You. We know that you guys like that like certain people. And we don't, but you have to keep talking for a certain amount of time, no matter who the who you're judging, because each of them spent like at least four minutes. I felt like well, I felt like twenty, but like spent like a ridiculous amount of time on uh, uh on each person and i was just like oh well, i don't blame the judges i blame the editing why didn't they edit that down more but that's again that's a problem on season one you don't really see that on season two as much oh that's good but yeah, yeah i mean i pretty much felt like they ran the game i feel like they they agreed i will say that i kind of agree with i agree with both of them on the dead death drop thing mm-hmm. i think or dead drop or whatever it's called yeah. I think that it's it's overdone, but also it's like I understand what Melissa B. Fierce was saying was like, hey, this is what I do, this is what I'm known for. Like I, if I'm gonna go and you know, do my best, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Melissa B. Fierce, you know, production. And so I felt like you know, I again the only thing I thought was weird was that they, they still had him stand. And I honestly thought they were going to have do the judging with the live crowd, which I thought would have been fun. Yeah, you know, maybe even ask the audience who would who they liked most. You know, oh, that so, would have been interesting. Yeah, but they just you know, and then also oh, and then I forgot what was with the intro when they when they first in, I honestly was like, why didn't the Boulay brothers do something like talk or something? Go, ladies and gentlemen, the you know. <laughs> dragula or something like that it's just like what they did no they didn't talk at all they just literally introduced the day and then they that's it i know they came out at the end i know they came out on stage they came out on stage and they literally were like hey you know ladies and gentlemen welcome the you know whatever and then and then at the end they said thank you but they didn't like do anything Thank you, Uglies! Thank you! Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. I also didn't like Vander Van Zod weird giant star that she had on her like necklace. Uh, for the extermination challenge, the queens have to dress in their best sea monster couture. They all did fine. Later that night... Oh, wait. I do want to talk about this right here. Did you see when Drakmorda and Swanthula were introducing uh, the girls to the challenge... Drek Morta wasn't tucked, and you could see like her entire dick in her dress. <coughs> Wait, for which one? For the when they were in the, the when they were at one. the yeah at the, the lake at the, at the lake, she wasn't tucked, and so you saw like what? Yeah, you saw her entitled and during the intro, I couldn't stop staring at it. I was like, I cannot believe when they were tucked. walking out on the beach. I don't know if you can see it that much, but when they're standing there for sure. Well, I did. I did also think that like. I thought it was weird that like at like, you know, eight minutes they say, oh, hey, you know, we're going to do this photo shoot. So what do they do? They do long sweeping (laughs) shots of the ocean. They do long sweeping shots of tunnels and then they do a long sweeping shot of Israel for no reason. Like we haven't seen enough of his body. Like, like, oh, they got and then back to the ocean 
And it's just, oh my God. I was just like, get to the freaking photo shoot, guys. I know. I know. They uh, were literally in like three separate locations. They were underneath the tunnel. They were over a tunnel. They were, sta- you know, standing side by side to a tunnel. I was just like, oh. I think what, they had to stretch why? the show out. I just think they had to stretch it out. Because otherwise it would have been. But they could have done the photo shoot. Like they, they stretch it out with like the most ridiculous stuff. And then they get to the photo shoot. And it's like, yeah, get to the photo. Like, I want to see the photo shoot. Does he have a big dick? Is that why it was no? It was very big? whatever. No, whatever. But it, no, it's just that they're in skin tight clothes, and it, it, it's a very odd choice. It's, it's very very strange. I'm trying to see it because I have it up right now. I up? think you're looking at his stomach. No, 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 no. Now, now you're gonna make me look. Hold on. I wonder what Israel's thinking when he just stands there because he looks like he's like really in 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 like in depth thought. You know what's funny is Israel's his real name. You see it in the credits. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then also I love how they're like, hey, we know that you guys are freezing, so we're going to let you go, but scene. just spend 10, 15 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just say like, nice what? things to each other. Like, Melissa B. Fierce is, like, basically dying of hypothermia. And they're just like, all right, we're going to let you go real fast. We just need to do 14 different shots. Go to 3550. 35, okay. 3550. And look right under his stomach. Is it it the online, the YouTube one? No, I'm looking at the Amazon Prime one. Oh, okay. Now I got to go to Amazon Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it. Like, you can totally see it. All right, I'm pulling up Amazon Prime. And also, I know he I has just, an Audi on his belly button. I was just saying when you were away that I don't know why I'm so invested in looking at another man's penis. Yeah. Is it like on his hip? No. Oh. Oh, that's. Oh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> I didn't think that that's what that was. I think I'm seeing it now. It's just like right underneath his his belly, right? Yeah. You can kind of see. Oh, that's kind of sad. What are you looking at? Uh, your penis. Your not very awe-inspiring penis. Uh, okay. Let, let's actually wrap up this show. Um Later that night, Meatball is admiring some chickens when a mysterious hand grabs her by the hair and places her head on the chopping block. Heading for a beheading. Lori, any final thoughts on the episode? Have you covered everything you had to say about this episode? Um, I will say that I was disappointed in Meatball lost because I thought she kind of tanked it in this last episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like she just didn't feel it or what, but like her, she she was doing well. I thought she was gaining momentum. I mean, she won last last episode the fourth episode the fourth episode the useless mm-hmm. episode yeah and she i thought that she was like doing really well and she was like it seemed like on the car right there that she was excited but then i felt like her i felt like her outfit was good it was okay yeah but her performance was eh. and then in the in the monster thing i didn't understand what the hell she was doing with her like it didn't look scary at all 
like it just looked kind of muted yeah. it just she just had like weird face paint on yeah. and she had slimy scales so she just basically looked like she it was like a large fish coming out of the water but it wasn't scary i actually really loved frankie doom's outfit even though she used the same the same mouth uh, basically the same mouth yeah. that she used in the monster thing but i really liked it i thought it was really intricate but like then but meatball kept trying to like grabs i think she was relying trying to rely more on her uh you know her comedic ability a quote-unquote comedic timing or whatever and it's hard to do with photos because it's like she was grabbing seaweed and trying Mm. to throw it on her and she was you know so i felt excuse me i think she felt more like she would be vindicated with that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. than with just her outfit but i was just like i don't know i was really disappointed with the with meatballs um kind of thing although and also i just wish that the i wish the photo shoot was basically the whole thing um you know i i felt like i felt like i would have liked to have seen like the the background i thought it was a little weird that they kept saying when you win dragula you're going to be doing a lot of photo shoots and a lot of videos and i was like i feel like i was like why like like, why why would they who why like who would do that who would be like oh dragula well please you know take a photo for our ford dealership you know it's like what um and then the the death was the the thing that i was weirded out that i honestly wanted it to be funnier because it's meatball and i mm-hmm. felt like meatball had the best comedic timing out of everyone on the show so i felt like her death should have been the most the the funniest mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. it was just sort of lame it was like literally like the chickens were like oh we're gonna get slaughtered no not us and then meatball just shows up and goes oh uh, is are we having a di- a barbecue it's like it's a chicken <laughs> it's, yeah like who it, it, what do you just is this fat people get go anywhere where they're told that they're gonna there's gonna be food which yeah. as i'm now saying this loudly i realize is true but whatever uh but then and then also but then, so she's like not even paying attention she gets her head shoved on a block and then just apparently the the late the woman or whoever is killing her just points to her and just like stay on the block and chops her head off she could have just gotten up and run away like it was just like you didn't have a plan as to keep how to keep her head there so the logistics of that were just really annoying but yeah very true I mean, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I, f- I mean, I feel like Vander Van Odd's going to win because mm-hmm. she's won every, unless she just totally phones it in at the finale and feels like she doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Oh, well, this is what I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. This is what I was going to say about the, uh, which now is probably dumb, but this, the guy who stood on stage with Meatball um, and kind of moved around is the human version to me of when Asia from the last season of RuPaul's Drag Race tried at the season fin- uh, the finale the live mm-hmm. finale tried to release those butterflies mm-hmm. and they all died. <laughs> that's the that's basically the human yeah. version. Of that. Yeah, he was the yeah he was the butterfly too. Uh, he was her Asia dead her. butterfly. He was her dead butterfly. Well, on that note, that concludes this week's episode of Dragula of the Dragula Recap Show. Join us next week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct Dragula Season 1. So, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself, so long, uglies! Uglies! Ezreal. Ezreal. 
Lori Roddenkamp hosts her own podcast called The Bloody Mary Podcast with Maria and Lori. It's available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Lori Roddenkamp on Instagram at LROG. That's L-R-O-G-G. And on Twitter at Lori Roggenkamp. That's L-A-U-R-I-R-O-G-G-E-N-K-A-M-P. If you haven't already, you can follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The Dragula Recap Show is an Afterthought Media production.